from the lesson for the epistle. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. This Sunday marks the end of our liturgical year. It's also a good time, by the way, to say Happy Thanksgiving. In the liturgical sense, you might say today is New Year's Eve, minus the notable absence of champagne and fireworks. So we come full circle to the last Sunday of Trinity, a transitional Sunday on the threshold of Advent. Today we're invited to prepare to prepare for the first coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The recent lectionary readings in our daily offices and our lessons for today collectively mark a transition in mood, a shift in tone and emphasis. We move from the long season of Trinity toward Advent. A green season of growth gives way to the purple season of penitence and preparation. The ordinariness of daily life in the spirit morphs into a sense of anticipation. Our embrace of the fullness of the Trinitarian Godhead shifts toward a focus on the second person of the Trinity, the incarnate Son of God. Each of us arrives at the end of this 25-week Trinity season in our own unique state of soul and spirit. For some of us, there may be a sense of spiritual momentum, having experienced significant victories this year. Hearts are full of gratitude for the grace of growth in our life of prayer and rule of life. But others may be arriving rather exhausted, having been wounded in the battle to overcome the flesh, the world, and the devil. Like the prodigal son, we stumble back toward the father, broken and hungry. And then some of us may be approaching Advent with a sense of having reached cruising altitude in the ordinary, steady routine of life in the spirit. But in such a state, we may be at risk of drifting into a kind of spiritual malaise or lethargy. But regardless of our current state at the end of this liturgical year, we are all greeted with the expected hope of the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. The pairing of the lesson and the gospel today is appropriate for the theme of this season. We read in Jeremiah of the prophecy of the coming of Jesus Christ the Messiah, and John chapter 6 portrays the initial fulfillment in the feeding of the multitude. And then a meditation on the collect clarifies lessons for us as we move into the Advent season. First in the epistle, the promise of return and restoration presupposes prior exile. This theme, this recurring cycle of exile and return is the central reality in Jeremiah's prophetic narrative and it resonates with our own personal experience of life and spirit. 
Israel repeatedly falls into sin and faithlessness to God's covenant, which leads to their exile from the promised land. But the exile is punctuated with God's promise to regather, to redeem, and return his chosen people to the land and to relationship with himself. This pattern of exile and return, of sin and restoration, is in the DNA, not only of Israel, but also the entire human race. Adam and Eve were exiled east of Eden, but even as they departed, God clothed them with animal skins derived from the sacrifice of blood, a prophetic hint of coming redemption. And in like manner, each Sunday at Mass, we experience reconciliation with God as we return to confess our sins and to partake of his body and blood. The Hungry souls who sat on the grassy hillside in today's gospel tasted of the Lord our righteousness, Jeremiah's phrase. As they, as they ate the miraculous bread of life, the initial phase of the fulfillment of Jeremiah 23 is seen in this story of the feeding of the multitude. Moreover, the last sentence in John's narrative emphasizes that Jesus, quote, is of a truth that prophet that should come into the world. Quote. The abundance of this heavenly food overflowed into 12 baskets, symbolic, of course, of the 12 tribes of Israel. And this is a prefiguring of the ultimate fulfillment of Jeremiah's prophecy to regather the nation in unity and safety. The evil kings the target of Jeremiah's prophecy are those who destroy and scatter God's flock. By contrast, Jesus, the great shepherd, now feeds and protects his sheep as he gathers them into a pleasant pasture of serenity where they can safely dwell. Even so, we, the new Israel, feast on this Eucharistic bread of life offered for the life of the world. This is the shepherd in which David sings, The Lord is my shepherd, therefore can I lack nothing. He shall feed me in a green pasture and lead me forth besides the waters of comfort. The Sunday next before Advent is sometimes called Stir Up Sunday. Of course, after the college, which implores God to stir up the wills of his faithful people. And so we pray that God, through Christ, will graciously grant us three things. Quickened wills, greater fruitfulness, and a final reward. We approach Advent with an urgent expectation of a Savior because we know that we are lost. We are, after all, miserable defenders, and there is no help in us. But thanks be to God that because of his sacramental grace, we have hope that our inner will can indeed be roused to obedience and faithful service. Our longing for inward and outward fruitfulness compels us as lost sheep to continually return from exile to the shepherd of our souls and there feed on the bread of life he has given to us. And finally, the blessed reality of the first advent enables us to taste now 
of the plenteous reward, even as we anticipate the ultimate fullness of reward in company with all his saints at the second advent. Thanks be to God that all these things, the will, the fruit, and the reward, are through Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, the Lord, our righteousness. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.